we're going to the source and talking about what makes for great audio creative with my guest today. And she has to know it because she's the president and chief marketing officer for iHeartMedia. And she leverages the company's extensive range of content, experiences, technologies to bring brands together in new ways with consumers across all the company's businesses. Gail Troberman, it is great to have you on the groove and it's been worth waiting for it because we have tried this a couple times. Here you are. So glad to have you. Awesome. Excited to be here, Peggy. Uh, nothing I love more than, uh, than talking about audio and helping explain the power and the scale of iHeart's reach. And I said, it's a great, great fit because when I reached out to you, it's like, yes, of course, iHeart Media is the number one audio company in the U.S. It reaches nine out of 10 Americans every month. But let's talk about exactly that, reaching the audience where they are. But guess what? There's just not always the focus or the spending on the channels where we need to be. Is that disconnect strong? Is it, is it closing? What's going on in how we spend our time and how we spend our money? Sure. So um, audio has been insanely consistent and resilient um, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, right now, I think the latest work study and you know pretty much every source you look at, whether it's Edison or Work or others, um, what you're going to see is consumers spend about one third of their media time with audio these days. That is a third of their media time. The average marketer spends probably about a tenth of their budget on audio. So we look at that as possibility. If you're looking for growth, that audio gap between the time consumers spend and the investment you're making in audio is a huge opportunity for brands. Broadcast radio is by far the biggest bucket within um, all things audio. Um, it's about 80% of audio reach is still broadcast radio. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that, particularly I think, um, uh, you know, media types who might live in, you know, uh, Brooklyn and don't commute in cars um, and might be a little out of touch with how the average American lives. Um, you know, but I think what what draws people to radio and why it has been so consistent, 90% reach in America for decades. I might think I tune into the radio for music. And people tell us that in surveys. Oh, yeah, I listen to Z100 because I love music or I listen, you know, to the Breakfast Club because I love the music. The reality is most of our biggest broadcast radio shows reach massive audiences live and unscripted every day. And they spin about three songs an hour. Whoa. So why are people tuning in? Why are you know, 10 million people listening to Ryan Seacrest or Elvis Duran or the Breakfast Club? The reason is live human unscripted conversation with people who get you, people like you, people who live where you live, people who know what's going on, they know what's happening, they can connect you into the culture and the backstories. It's not just, I'm gonna play a Taylor Swift song, it's I'm gonna tell you what you don't know about the new Taylor Swift song or how it came up or who's collabing with her or what we heard backstage at her show last night. So it's people who are tapped into the zeitgeist in and around music and culture that is a huge reason people tune in. In fact, our, um, our corporate mission at iHeart is to provide a friend who's there anywhere, anytime. That is our corporate mission. And that is what every time you turn on live radio, all of those personalities on 860 stations right now are doing. They're talking like friends to people like them about their day. 
good and bad, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're into, what's going on in the world. And I think, you know, I grew up in early digital marketing and um, I think we all thought the internet was going to be kumbaya and connection and community and love and, and, and a beautiful connected world. And sadly, that is not what we have seen. And I do think people are craving just human companionship. And that is why radio continues to reach nine out of 10 Americans and podcasting has been, you know, kind of a, an auxiliary audio medium that does a very similar thing. So obviously, you know, deeper engagement, maybe even deeper funnel activity. What about sales? What was it doing and what does it do to drive sales? Maybe you have some examples to share. Sure. You know, um, one of our favorite examples to talk about is um, Procter & Gamble had uh, moved a lot of money out of broadcast radio into digital and social, as many companies had in sort of the massive digital growth years. And uh, going back a few years, uh, they had to, as many you know, companies do, you know, ebb and flow, they had to cut marketing budgets. And uh, they were looking, instead of just cutting across the board, they started looking at different channels and started testing different channels to see if they could get more efficiency given the need to reduce budgets. And they ended up uh, testing with a couple of their bigger brands, um, both moving into back into broadcast radio and out of home. And they saw phenomenal results. As most clients do when they move back into broadcast radio, they realize that they're finding incremental, incremental growth. They're reaching new consumers that you may not be reaching if you're sort of hyper-targeting. I think sometimes we're, we're targeting our way into irrelevance and we're not in the bigger zeitgeist. Everything becomes one-to-one, -one, everything becomes targeted. We're trying to dedupe, but chances are you're getting a lot of frequency with the same pocket of people and you're missing that bigger opportunity. And, you know, Procter & Gamble is a great example of as they started moving back into broadcast radio and out of home, they started seeing quarter on quarter of just really solid growth. And now they're a top two or three radio spender. So I always try to uh, use that case study to explain if, if that's working for a company like Procter & Gamble, there's a very good chance. There's a lot of incremental growth to be had for your company regardless of who you're targeting, because our scale is so big, chances are whether you're trying to reach pet owners or you're trying to sell beauty products, you're going to see new, you're reaching new consumers. So you're going to see that growth come from that. And incremental, isn't that like really what we're looking for now? That is like the exactly. word, the nirvana, that's the focus. Not quite sure how we do it or measure it, but everyone seems to be focused on that. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, we are. You know, I think, and, um, and there's a lot of myths out there about audio not being measurable or broadcast not being measurable. And, you know, we tell clients all the time, however you're measuring your, your other campaigns, we have, we have a suite of measurement tools that will do exactly what's needed. So we can, uh, we can target even on broadcast with great probabilistic modeling. We can share our data with yours. We can find the right cohorts and where and when they listen. You know, sometimes people want pure scale efficiency. A lot of our clients are moving into a product we call smart audio, where we can take a lot of the data that you use in your digital marketing or your connected TV, and we can use those same models to go find listeners who fit your criteria or your target audience segment across all of our stations, again, at massive scale. 
So when we crack that data code, we can bring a lot of consumers through your funnel that you might not be reaching. And then we'll measure, we can measure all the things you measure from sales to brand lift to purchase intent and consideration and foot traffic and all the ways you measure, we can plug into your systems to make that possible. And that's relatively recent that that's packaged in that way. Is that correct? Yeah, Smart Audio has been a product um, we've had around for a few years. You know, I think it's really starting to to catch, I think, as people realize the opportunity with audio. I think, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, big drivers out there that are kind of the wake up call for all of us. One, obviously, the phenomenon of podcast growth has been massive. Uh, two, smart speakers are bringing audio back into the home in a big way. And three, with um, with uh, wireless headphones, our ears are connected to the grid again. So um, it's easier and easier to connect with audio. I think it's becoming almost easier than than visual. And, and so we're starting to, I think, as consumers, see our own behavior is shifting towards audio, which has been a, a big wake-up call, I think, for marketers. That's pretty cool about our ears connected to the grid because I was just judging the effect of mobile marketing awards recently. And one entry that was pretty cool was it was radio combined with out of home and mobile. So you're hearing it, you're experiencing it, and you're seeing it also on an out of home sign. I mean, this is cool innovation. What's the appetite? What are you seeing for experimentation, ideas like this? This particular example was in Turkey. We love it. We see a lot. Um, clients very often come to us uh, either at the beginning of a campaign, ideally, and say, I want to jumpstart the impact of my my video campaign or my digital campaign or my social campaign. And can you, we can cue reach very quickly so we can accelerate the impact of other media, right? So you may end up, you know, clicking here and in, in digital or social, but you hear about it, right? It's very hard to act on something that isn't in your head. Right. I always say, you know, if uh, we're going out to dinner in New York, uh, my assistant might go, where do you want to go? And there's probably three restaurants in my head. And the chances are we're going to go to those three restaurants over and over and over again until somebody puts something back in the consideration set. Right. You go, oh, my God, I just had the best pasta here or there. You've got to try this place. Now it's in my consideration set. And I think that's something that we find uh, radio does very well is it starts the conversation. So then when you see it, you see an ad somewhere else, you pay more attention. Sometimes with um, big ad campaigns, uh, clients will even come to us and say, can you, we're launching the campaign in this, you know, big football game. Can you talk about this new campaign? And we basically arm all our personalities and tell them to cue people in to look for that ad. Hey, is everyone going to watch the big game tonight? Hey, you know, when you do look for that new ad for X, it's really interesting. It talks about why, or they're launching a new product about this or that. And then when you see it, the impact is going to be greater. The chances you're going to go to the store or go to the website and act on it go up exponentially. It's just getting that into your, into your, like sort of the front of your brain is something audio does very well. I think there's a lot marketers aren't doing, aren't thinking about it because, you know, they've got, they've got sight down. They get that one. They've got motion down, but sound, you know, to drive the connection and the conversation and conversion with sound. What's, what's a great example of a good audio creative or maybe 
the opposite, what you never should do in audio. You know, there's a lot of amazing award-winning things you can do with audio and the soundscapes and 3D audio and the power of audio to really get into your head. Um, but sometimes I find, you know, for the same reason people tune into broadcast radio for simple human unscripted conversation. Sometimes the best advertising in audio is the least produced. Often I'll coach clients to say, you know, just get a, get a customer. Let's record somebody who loves your product talking about your product. Someone who's passionate about your product talking about it. Like in simple, unscripted human language, that's one creative approach that it's very inexpensive um, and it really does work because if you think about the context of where you're putting a lot of your audio ads, um, particularly on broadcast radio and podcasts, you're dropping them into a conversation. So sometimes the more conversational things sound, um, the better they perform. And then there's sort of the other end of the spectrum, which is use music, get in my head the same way we launch a pop song or a new country song or a hip hop song. Um, I like to call them like brand hooks or brand riffs, right? If you can just get a simple, memorable piece of music that goes with your tagline, I mean, great examples, legendary examples, right? I'm loving it with McDonald's, right? You hear those few notes with or without the words, and you know that's not Wendy's, you know that's not Taco Bell, right? They they own they own a hook and they can they can use that in a variety of different ways. You know, Google put out a study recently, interestingly, um, that talked about the intersection of uh, audio and video advertising. And you know, if you're using audio um, well in your advertising, if you're using audio on your end card, if you've got audio with your call to action, you're telling people what to do, why to try or buy, um, you get about 2x the performance from your video ads. And it's so often, you're, you know, as you said, people are so enamored of the visual clue that they'll, they'll end a spot with just the visual. But audio is so powerful. The recall for audio ads is, is, is often, you know, almost 2x that what we see from video. Because I think our eyes are so distracted, but increasingly our ears really have bandwidth. I was doing some research into attention metrics and that as well. And it's like we look at things and the more we can scroll, the more we can become distracted. So actually, the places like social are not the best places to have advertising. True. There's yeah, you're getting milliseconds in the way that those algorithms have trained our brains to just constantly move it at a hyper speed. It's not the best place to deliver an advertising message and, and think that it's going to get the attention that it deserves. I was reading some of the things that you've been saying. You had a great talk, by the way, Gail. Really, really enjoyed it, where you were making a statement that I think was the biggest revelation for me. You're pointing out how we create our own experiences when we hear sounds. And you said, and I quote, the outcome is by default relevant to everyone because we create our experience on our terms. The brain is the fastest production machine in the world, right? And, you know, I know when I used to make a lot of TV spots um, when I was a CCO at Microsoft, you know, I, I'd have a budget to make maybe four spots for Xbox for 31 countries. And what I can tell you for sure is that living room didn't look like anyone's living room in the world because I was mashing up Europe and Southeast Asia and trying to like find some amalgam of cultures. Whereas if I said, 
Hey, Peggy, were you in your living room last night? You know, were you, uh, were you a little bored? Were the, you know, were the kids on their devices? Do you wish you were doing something together? Wouldn't it have been cool if, or if I said, you know, Peggy, what'd you have for lunch today? Hmm, was it not as satisfying? Was it not as healthy? Was it not as, all of a sudden, your lunch looks like your lunch and my lunch looks like my lunch and I have everyone right where I want them. Whereas if I showed you lunch, I'm sure it didn't look like yours or mine today. So the, the beauty of audio is you can be really with creative, you can be so relevant to each listener if you just give them a second to let them picture what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What about your own brand as well, Gail? I mean, what are you doing to stay in touch with your audience and, and shape, really shape this amazing audio opportunity? I mean, you are a champion, uh, but there's also some work rolling up your sleeves. What are you doing? Sure. Um, you know, one of the things I love that we do um, is we do sentiment research every week with our listeners in every market for every format. We arm our programmers with what their listeners actually care about or don't care about. Right. So we're not just repeating the conversation that's happening everywhere. You know, listeners here are sick of hearing about this or they don't care about that banking crisis doesn't impact my life. What I want to hear more about is this versus this. And it's a it's a really important part of how we we arm our talent to be really relevant and focused on the conversations that matter for every audience and every format. So I love that. And then we use our product. Um, we don't have massive marketing budgets that we go off elsewhere and market. Um, and we've maintained our reach to nine out of 10 uh, Americans. And the other thing I'm really proud of is we've built the number one podcast network over the last five years. Uh, we've got about 2x the reach of the second largest podcast network, according to PodTrack, not my data, it's theirs. Um, and the the secret weapon we've had in building our number one podcast network is broadcast radio. So if we're launching a new show, we go on air, we talk about that show to the right audiences. We use our data. If it's a curiosity show versus a true crime show versus a sports show or a pop culture show, we go on air and we market those shows on broadcast radio and we give them enough reach and frequency to find out if they're going to hit and then they either hit and we keep pushing them or, you know, they don't and uh, we take it from there. But but that's the same model we can do to make brands hit. And of course, I am so happy to be on the iHeartRadio network with my own podcast. The yes, we love that. Absolutely. What are you doing to advance audio advertising to make it a no brainer? Give me an idea a little bit more how you're going to make this happen, what your part is going to be to move it sure. forward. Sure. You know, um, we try to make it as easy as possible for clients to um, access iHeart um, and all of the opportunities we have. One of the beautiful things a lot of people don't really understand about um, broadcast radio particularly is um, it, it can be an incredibly affordable medium. And, you know, you can test in just a handful of markets if you want to see how it works very affordably, you know, fraction of the price of going into premium digital video or broadcast television. The production is a tenth the cost and about the tenth the time. As we said, it can be as simple as uh, giving us a script. 
We've also built what I, I would argue is the best audio creative studio in advertising. Um, and for a lot of our clients, uh, we, do, uh, we do the vast majority of their audio creation. We're happy to partner with your agencies, but we're also happy to produce advertising if you want to do a test quickly and easily. Um, and then, like I said, we've built smart audio. We've got a psychographic and demographic cohorts, thousands and thousands of them that you can buy. And we can build the right measurement plan. Um, instead of jamming our way of measuring on clients, we like to work with you and apply our data to however you measure your other campaigns to get a nice apples to apples view of the impact we can have. How granular can they go? Just answering my audience of marketers to help them understand how actually granular they can go. Because of course, targeting is tough. It's tougher than ever. I'm in mobile and apps primarily with my focus. And you know, that, that data is not there. We can model pretty much any cohort because we're reaching 90% of the nation. So it, you know, it really, if you want to reach, you know, moms with kids under eight in the household who buy healthy foods and these 10 markets, we can do that. Um, and, you know, what we, we tend to encourage people um, is, you know, sort of the two pieces of advice are, um, yes, one-to-one -one is phenomenal. We've got a huge addressable audience on our streaming and our podcast platform. Uh, we've got our um, iHeart audience network for scale and reach beyond our O&Os. But then we also really encourage people to use the scale of broadcast because that often is where they see that massive incremental lift, reaching some consumers maybe a little outside of that granular one-to-one -one bubble. There's probably a lot of people who might try or buy your product who don't necessarily fit at the epicenter of your target audience. Um, and a lot of times we see brands find new consumers that way and incremental growth as we talked about. So I always close with, say we meet up again, maybe even in person, Gail, that would be so cool. But we meet up maybe a year from now. What do you want to be telling me about your biggest personal or professional win accomplishment? I would love to see every one of the top, let's say, thousand brands have an audio strategy in a year. Clear strategy, a clear plan for maximizing audio because the, the listeners are there, the attention is there, as you said, um, and the growth is in audio. So uh, we encourage every brand to sit down, roll up their sleeves with us and your partners, and let's figure out your audio strategy. I guarantee it'll pay off. To that point, another CMO I'm a huge fan of is Raj Rajmanar, CMO of MasterCard. He has said famously, brands cannot afford to be deaf or mute. So audio needs to be part of the brand experience as well. So absolutely, I think you Raj have a is a wise man. I could not agree more. <laughs> Both of you, finger on the pulse. It has been an absolute delight, Gail. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for being on The Groove today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Peggy.